You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, it's AfterBuzz TV's Californication After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's Californication After Show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the final Californication after show ever. Sad. It's the end of an era. It's my end of an era. Is my head. Is this, my mic working? Can we get some more snare for uh, Andreas, who is back? Andreas Scordos is I'm back. back I need some more snare up in his I headphones. Need some more snare in my headphones. Especially we got this Roxy Stryer. Series finale. <laughs> Hello, guys. In the booth, we have young Stephen Lemieux. My mic was not on, but it is now. Hey, guys. Steve hey, Lemieux Steve. here. It's, it's very classic that our last show, we have all these technical difficulties. It's perfect. <laughs> it's like all these perfect imperfections come together to form all these curves and edges. Kind of. Spoken by Really, John artist. Legend? The episode is called Grace. Perfect imperfection. Yeah. And uh, right off the bat... Let's start with this. Overall impressions of tonight's series finale. I have very mixed opinions on it. Uh, I definitely, as we walked out of the studio, I was talking to a girl who works here. She says, how was it? Was it as bad as Dexter? And I said, no, it wasn't as bad as Dexter, that. Dexter, I know. That, that finale, I go, no, no, it wasn't bad like that. It was just kind of confusing. Like, it, it just made me walk away and think, okay, so, you know, they leave a lot to the imagination. So I, I really need to sit with this one but and think about it. But he explains it. And that's the great thing about it, which I, which is what I liked about it, is literally what he wrote explains exactly what they're doing in the finale. He didn't write the end of it because it doesn't end. It keeps going on because stories just don't have a happy ending like that. They keep going on. So even though the series is ending, it you know that the stories keep continuing. Okay, but here's the thing, right? Who here watched The British Office? Uh, a few episodes. Mm-mm. Okay. Spoiler alert. I'm not going to watch it. Just Okay. I don't know how to explain it without giving away spoilers. But so, so skip this and move on to something else. No, because it, it, <laughs> it heavily it makes my point. Okay, let's hear it. In there is one of the greatest quotes ever, you know, because it's filmed like a documentary. So he says, you know, no, it's not a, per- it's not a happy ending, but turn off the cameras, you know, and my life still continues, you know. Just because the cameras are off, my my life is still going. You know, check back with me in 10 years. I'll have something going. But then it does create a happy ending, which is the ironic part from that, which is, you know what I mean? It's it's so wonderful to see. And so despite saying – whenever – you know, despite saying that you can't have a perfect ending, you can still have a perfect ending. Yeah. I, I you have, need something – I have a few thoughts about this. First of all, I felt more like a season finale than a series finale. Um I felt a little, it was a little bit anticlimactic and I wanted to be, feel it a little more emotionally. You know, it's a series finale, something we've invested a lot of time in as a viewer and a fan. So I felt it kind of, it was kind of not as exciting or as emotional as I would have liked it to be. But he says, 
Um, Hank in it says, I'm a sucker for happy endings. And I feel like this is about as happy of an ending as you can have for this show without them getting married because she is basically giving him another shot. That's how I felt like the episode ended. Um, we have uh, Charlie Runkle and Marcy ending on a high note. He didn't have – neither one of them had to sleep with anybody and they ended up getting them cool million dollars at the end. Um, and then Hank's daughter's getting married. And I feel like – but there lies the, the end problem. Of- I, I feel like we needed Becca. We needed some sort of bigger resolution with her. Well, we and- certainly needed Becca. That was just like how how did they miss the mark there? There must have been some sort of scheduling, scheduling conflict problem. because her she was very underutilized. She I was only care. in really one episode, and then this just episode, get her she in there. Even- it's like she's been she's been so pivotal. I don't care what schedule you yeah, make it pathetic. work. That was a pathetic part of this. Yeah, it would Absolutely. have been nice to see like you know a one on one like like Hank had with Levon. It would have been nice to see that with his daughter, right? And she was mentioned, absolutely, and we saw old footage of her, but we didn't see her, anything about the wedding. They didn't end up getting there. And, yeah, of course, I understand film. I understand television to a certain extent. I get what Steven's saying. Yes, they laid out the story for us. Yes, most people probably caught on to that, where he's reading this, and that's actually the show, especially going off um, the fact that Raph was like, you should write your own show. Did he write this show? There isn't an ending, etc. But... I think that there needed to be a little more closure here in terms of the family. And not seeing Becca made it so that there was no closure. I don't know. I I like how they did it because no matter what, with a series finale, not everyone's going to be happy with it. No matter what. And this whole roller coaster that's been this series, roller coasters never end on a spiral. They always end with a cool down when it's about to begin again. And like... Of course Karen's giving him another chance. That's their whole relationship is him messing up and him and her giving him another chance. And with Becca, I mean, for the series finale, I feel like they wanted to just bring it back down to Hank and everything that is Hank and everything's around Hank, so we need to figure out his introspective look at what things are doing. So it does kind of end things, but it sets more in motion. I mean, to be honest, I'm not mad at it, but the problem is the 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 Hank and Karen moment was just so brief and she was like, you know, like that doesn't win me over. Yeah. And where she's you know, he's he's played her so many times and he's done these gestures and you know what I mean? You, I don't know how it measures up to the grand gestures he's done in the it, past. It been wasn't a, Yeah, it wasn't big enough. It yeah. he needed to perform a bigger show to win her over and it's like a, a letter and it was a nice letter but it wasn't great it wasn't this huge i thought it was going to be huge i thought it was going to be big i thought it was going to be avant-garde and it wasn't that it was just kind of mm-hmm. like a decent okay mediocre letter he's a good writer it, it, it didn't really move me as much as i would have liked it to since he's such an amazing writer it would have been nice to see something else and it's just that was it i completely agree about the letter um I thought that the letter was good. It was mm. pretty. It was nice. If this was his first attempt to win her back and she was about to get married to someone else and they were going to jump in the car and drive off into the sunset like we saw, what was that, season two? This season was, one as season well. One, th- this would be a nice letter, but we're seven seasons deep. We're in the series finale and all of a sudden that we end and this episode is called Grace. That is so not what this show has been about to me. And but the problem is, I don't know. At least for me, when you juxtapose it with Rocket Man, when that was used at the end of season three, when he's getting arrested, and how she was so emotionally charged at that, mm-hmm. I wanted that same comparison. You know, yeah, it did. It, it didn't. Yeah, it wasn't on the same level. Yeah, I don't know. But he's she's so sick of his antics. I mean, it's not the first time he's tried to get her back. He kept trying to do his antics. He did the dinner thing. It all goes to shit. Pardon my language. And then. I mean, he's. This is his honest thing. Like he's tried the antics, and it's like, 
Karen always wants him to be serious, so this was him being serious, which is somewhat, to his character, bigger than just doing something huge and full of antics. But it was kind of full of antics, because he... It was a performance in front of everybody on the plane. You know? So much so that the lady, like, yeah, next to hey, me. you can sit next to me. Which yeah. was funny, but it just you kind of lost the point of what he was, you know, what he was trying to win over. Absolutely. And if it would have been more honest, if Karen was like, "No, sorry," you know. I I'm glad that didn't happen. It might have been more honest, but for me, I'm I'm gonna go back a little bit because. Right now, it sounds like I'm hating on the episode, and there were some really magical moments. Yeah, in this to be episode. truthful, I think we just needed four or five minutes mm. extra, More. and it would have and it would have been perfect. Everything leading up to it was amazing. Right. Yeah. So, so let's t- let's talk about some of that stuff. Right. So I, I want to go back and just while we're talking about Hank, and of course we'll we'll get into the Marcy Runkle storyline also. But when we're talking about Hank, what he did um, in terms of Julia. And in terms of wrath, I loved that. I thought that that was the perfect ending. The fact that he was going to have sex with Julia, then he says, no, I want to make things special. I want to do this right. And he says, dinner, I'll take you out to dinner. I was sitting there with the pit in my stomach thinking, oh my God, this series is going to end with him and Julia. And if you've been listening to our after show, that is like the ultimate no-no for me, as much as I love Julia and I think she's great. So what he did was very selfless. He wasn't sitting there saying like, if I can't have her, then I don't want anybody to have her, which is a typical Hank thing to do. And he was looking out for Wrath, who's become a good buddy of his. Um, I thought that was really cool that he set them up like that. It was manipulative and, and classic Hank and kind of douchey, but I thought that that was perfect for this season and series. What do you think about how he handled Levon, too? I thought that was... I loved the fact that the way he... I, that was probably, probably my favorite storyline in this last episode was the way he connected with Levon on a level and he he said something to him um just enjoy her and let her enjoy you because throughout the season Levon really knew never knew what it was like to have a real relationship with a girl all he knew was hookers and using women as material objects he never really got to know a girl for her and really enjoy what makes a relationship beautiful outside of just the physical part of it so and Levon always looked up to his dad because all of you know he's promiscuous and he's he's easily gets laid so he really looked up to him for that and hank was like you know basically set him straight and said you know what like get to know her you know for who she really is and i think that had a lot to do with you know almost you know how he was feeling like you know why he's so into karen is because she's beautiful on the inside and he wanted levon to experience that with a woman too and i think it's also goes it, it's a life lesson in the sense of you got you, if you want something gotta work for it whether it's a job or anything else because levon's never had that in his life that yeah. kind of uh he, he's always had instant gratification perhaps and mm-hmm. nothing something he's worked towards i i like the way hank dealt with levon um and i really like bringing Levon into this season. However, it just made it stand out to me even more so because we saw this conversation with Levon that we weren't seeing Hank and Becca. It's like, this is his, not, this is sounds messed up, but this is his new kid, you know, and, and he's spending all this time. And yeah, at the, in the end, he does decide to go to New York because his kid's getting married. But I, I really needed a moment with the two of them. I needed a Hank-Becca moment. Yeah, I, I can't him. believe we didn't get that. What do you think of how kind of the difference between how if you look at Hank and Levon and Hank and Becca looking back at all the mistakes Hank has made he can see how Becca has grown but he it's not like he can really see what effect has done what to her life 
But when you look at this new, like his son has grown up already when it meets him, he can immediately see the effect that he's having on his son's life from the negative to the positive and mostly negative. So like the whole strippers thing, it kind of, or the prostitutes thing, it kind of show was like kind of a shining light to Hank that, Hey, like this is, this is the effect you're having on this person. Like you need to change this because it's a bad thing with Becca. It's not so out in the open, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, but that made me feel even more like his relationship with Becca was almost a lost cause. Like, he had screwed it up so bad that there was no advice that he could give anymore. But with Levon, it wasn't too late. And I don't think that's what they were trying to go for, but what you're just saying and watching the episode made me feel that way. I feel like it was... How I how, how I took the episode was um, Levon was Hank's second um, second chance because I feel like he screwed it up with Becca. He knows he screwed it up with Becca. He has another chance to be a good parent and be a positive influence on somebody's life. And he's taken full opportunity to do that. And he is with Levon. So it was nice to see him end it on that note and finally get it right. But it would have been nice to have a moment with Becca, like you said, because she wasn't a part of the season and she was a huge part of his life and part of the whole show coming up to uh, up to this episode or up to the season so it was just kind of weird why they just got rid of her like that mm-hmm. i i completely agree um by the way i, I think it's levon's pickup lines I, kudos to the girl for sticking around yeah um in true californication fashion they had they made it lighthearted at times yeah that was certainly one of those times i, I want to talk more a little more about hank and karen for a second kind of do that are we are we stuck on Levon? Well, I'm happy, but not in the kind of like wiener happy <laughs> sort of sense. Yeah, yeah, they were funny. Um, <laughs> but to me, okay, the heart of this, of course, is Hank and Karen. And when we open up tonight's episode, we see Karen says, we're done talking. I'm all about the doing. So that made me feel like that was going to be foreshadowing for something. Like that they were there was no more talking and that they were just going to either get married or be together. No more talking. Just do it. Take the dive. And that's why it was so confusing to me when he goes and all he does is talk. And yeah. she's like, I don't know if that worked. And then they kiss. And I'm glad we got to see the kiss. I didn't feel like it was totally earned, though. Yeah. I, did, I didn't feel it was earned. And I just, again, I think we just needed one moment with Becca where he says, you know what? I'm sorry. Go get married. Yeah. yeah. That would that literally could have been the line. You or didn't like need a grand speech. the biggest mistake I ever made was not marrying your mom or something yeah. like that. I, I thought for a second, 10 minutes in an episode, that he was going to go to New York and they're going to have a double wedding, and that would have been pretty cool. <laughs> that would have I think that, that been the Ashton Kutcher romantic comedy <laughs> wedding. I wouldn't have minded it, though, because at least we would have had some closure. But it would have been Hank stealing Becca's thunder again, like overshadowing her again. Yeah. So I'm glad. I don't think I would have enjoyed the double wedding, but I, th- I really would have enjoyed him saying... Becca, letting your mom not be my wife for all these years was, yeah, was the, the dumbest thing that I ever, I ever did. Made. Don't make the same yeah. mistake I did. And and then her being like, I love you. And then that being it. I, I just, the, when I turned to you guys and I was like, I can't believe this episode's almost done. And Steven was like, no, there's still 15 more minutes. And you were like, yeah, no, there's still seven more minutes. And I was like, guys, I think there's like under two minutes <laughs> left. And before I finished the sentence, it was over. Like, done. We were in some weird montage. And, yeah, we saw Becca when she was younger. And they've been trying to use that as, like, B footage throughout this entire season because we're not seeing Becca. And there, it's very clear that there's, like, a gaping hole. I just, yeah. I just had a lot of things. You no, did. Good. You did. Um, why don't we take a break from that for one moment and switch off to a lot of this episode, ironically, was spent on Marcy and Runkle. Yeah. 
a lot of it really was. Do you think they used the easy way out on that one? In I mean, it was nice because she didn't have to have sex. Is, is it really realistic? Somebody drops a million dollars to sleep with your wife, and then and then all of a sudden she doesn't go through with it, and he's hundred percent okay with that. And that assumes I have a wife. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, I, I it's kind of illegal in the first place, so I don't think the contract would really be. Yeah, yeah, and upheld in a court of law. Yeah, and at the same time, like it's Stu, he's manic depressive, and he's got hundreds of millions of dollars. So, like, in his mind, I'm sure a million is not really as much as other people right. view it as. That's also, awesome. Oh, okay, go ahead. No, I, I was just gonna say I completely agree that it wasn't realistic, mm. but nothing about Stu's character is realistic. So yeah. I thought that was fitting, and at least this was a storyline that gave me some closure. Yeah. Like, at least I was like, oh, okay, I get why they did this all season with the stew and the money, and now they're together and what? You know, at least that was like a nice little bow because yeah. there were no other bows. Uh, with Levon, there was a little bow. Yeah, there was a. There was were a nice. lot of bows. There were a lot of bows. It just just about three minutes. Just had three minutes. DVD, three more minutes. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. Extended cut or something. Yeah. It oh, needs- yes. Well, Tom, call me. We're gonna write. We're gonna fix this. I love the moment with Stu and his Marcy doll sitting together, sharing a glass of wine. I mean, Marcy doll is so creepy. Fifteen grand for that? Wow. I mean, uh, I, I give I give Runkle a lot of credit because we we've been kind of wanting this. Like, hey, stand up for yourself and whatever else. Um, so it was it was nice to see you know him kind of finally rush in and whatever else and. And just kind of do it. By the way, I, we didn't have, uh, we had the subtitles on, but so it kind of ruined the anal joke. No, that was quite. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. That was still a funny joke of like anything but. <gasps> we did everything but sex. Wait, anal? <laughs> <laughs> so. No, I am clearly sitting in between two guys right now with your chuckling. About the and he held his fingers up. Did you finger her? No. <laughs> But it was it was, it was classic Stu because he, he just uh you know you know what I mean at, at that point because Runkle is looking for the correct answer and the truth and but because in Stu's character he's so frustrated I just laugh I goes no <laughs> he's Stu is great he was such a good character and he's such a good actor and it was just funny just to watch his character grow and it was cool like how it ended I mean the fact that him and he actually earned some respect for Runkle I really like that moment too he finally grew some teeth like that was cool because this whole time every, you know Stu always walked on Runkle everybody seemed like they walked on Runkle so finally you know Runkle realizes the financial situation he's in and he still goes there and he wants to defend his honor his wife's honor Which, by the way let's, can we talk about the pathetic attempt at the beginning with his wife where he's like 102 to be precise. Yeah, there, that was obviously there, jealous. There. Yeah, he was. And you, but you made the comment, Roxy, about how he's being an arrogant. I don't know. For lack of a better term. I don't remember what I said about him, but I remember saying about her that she's so good. Like, she just gets him and gets why he's saying things like that. I'm trying to look on Twitter right now because I'm curious how other people are perceiving all of this, but my tweets aren't loading because we don't have service in here. I, I really want to know. You don't have for, service in here. I, I don't have service in here. I really want to know from everybody, like, did they think this finale really hit it on the Keep dot? talking and I'll find it. Okay. Oh, and there he goes. I don't think anybody's ever 100% satisfied with finales. I didn't think it was bad, but I didn't think it was great. I think it was just kind of... Right. At least they didn't do anything that made me, like, 
nobody died. It was not some yeah, big it thing. Wasn't like some I, crazy. And in my mind, I can picture Hank and Karen going somewhere, being yeah. in love, being together, ending up that you know, yeah. like the way I wanted it to end. It still could have happened. Nothing that happened like made it so that they didn't see Becca. We just yeah. didn't see it on camera, which kind of sucks. I think at the mood of the whole season, it kind of followed the mood of the whole season. It's kind of wasn't that crazy of a season, except for the moment when Karen was in the hospital. That was like the only oh shit moment. Yeah. But I feel like it was a pretty calm season. And Levon coming on. That's yeah. kind of an oh shit moment. Steven, so it sounds like you really like this finale. Like you, you're the gung-ho finale guy. I don't know if I'm gung-ho. I'm just... I mean, I'm not going to badmouth it because it's already happened. I just think that, like, for a finale, it was pretty good. It ended everything on a good note. You can imagine what could happen later with the characters. You can imagine the hijinks that would happen at the wedding. But to do the wedding, they need another season. And if they're not going to do another season... I mean, I was on the Dexter panel. So I know bad season series finales. So this this was a fairly good series finale. It didn't leave me angry. And it didn't leave me really disappointed i was just like okay it's over okay so this is from spoiler tv um there, there's a vote uh what did you think of the californication series finale awesome great good okay poor awful uh awesome 33 percent good 16 percent uh awful 50 percent but that's just i mean that's immediately now so i mean i think it, it's going to take some time for it to sit with people mm-hmm you know, and again, I mean, in the grand scheme of series finales, it's not terrible. How it's the, good. How about the moment? It's just not great. And we, the problem is they've set such a high standard for themselves mm-hmm. that it just didn't match that. But in, in, in the, uh, in the TV universe, yeah. You know what I mean? It's above average. How about the moment where he, I, I don't remember exact, his exact words, but you remember Hope and Love are the two prostitutes that Runkle, they had hired for Runkle, the yeah. names that were Hope and Love. And then they really emphasized their names. And then when he had his whole spiel in his letter and he's like, all I need is hope and something else. I know. Cause he does. I, I just, all I could think about was the prostitute that was at Runkle's house and it kind of took me out of the moment. Do you think that was, they did it on, and was that intentional or? To be fair, I don't think he knew that. I knew. I think he knew Love's name, but I don't think yeah. he knew Hope's name. I know. Oh yeah, call me. Call her Love. Yeah, you're right. So I think to be fair to Hank, they should have changed it though for some. I don't know. Hope. I don't. I think that was they could have used a different word because they should have never called a prostitute Hope because then it loses its you know finesse. I think at the end. I think Twitter is literally blowing up right now yeah, because of that fact. <laughs> uh, I'm looking all through Twitter right now, and it seems like people, at least on here, are perceiving it pretty well. Um, I mean, they're writing, thank you, Hank, for the memories. Yeah. I mean, certain, again, saying it, it they, wasn't bad by any means. A lot of people are saying that a couple seasons went off track, but season eight overall was really strong. Um, and it is crazy that we're saying farewell to this character of Hank Moody. Here, It's it really unfair to be this charming. Hmm. We're, just, we're, we're, we're researching. <laughs> we're um, all in this together, guys. Well, it hasn't even aired on the West Coast yet, so right now we're just looking at... Uh, I think women will always love Hank. Yeah, of course. What do you think? Is there anything Hank can do that you will not be on yeah. Team Hank's side? I, I don't think he's the guy for me, but mm. I'm always going to be Team Hank. But I'm I'm stronger Team Karen than I am Team Hank. Mm-hmm. I love her. And I love them together. I just think he needs to like get his sh- shit together. We haven't really seen him completely do that. And this didn't do that for me, but it does leave it so that hopefully we think that he might 
Do you think Levon's going to be a little bit upset? No. No, I think he doesn't really, care. Now really he has his lady. He cares about Hank and He'll have, Julian. No, I, I think that he would like to see them together, but it's like null and void, you know? All right, so this literally just came out, this com, and it came out just now because it contains spoilers for the episode, but it's it's an, kind of an interview with David Duchovny. Uh, were you satisfied with Hank and Karen's ending? David Duchovny says, if Hank wasn't going to die, which is kind of what I wanted, I wanted <laughs> Hank and Karen to get back together. There was always the heart of the show to me. That was always the holy grail of the character, to kind of end up in the limbo or to end up apart didn't seem right to me. They're not back together, but there's definitely hope. There was always That was always very important to Hank to have that hope. Second question, why did you want Hank to die? <laughs> and was the ending something creator Tom Capito has ever considered? I'm sure he considered alternate endings in his own head, but he didn't involve me in that. I'm always, I always want my characters to die. <laughs> I think it's kind of a way for me to try to get off shows and things like that. I remember having a discussion with Tom in the second year of the show that Hank should die. <laughs> you should just get punished. Uh, he, sh- he should have to die. I thought it would be basically kill the character. This is the better ending, the happy ending. Hank Hank was always talking about the happily ever after, so now we've got a shot at them. And then, um, okay, I'll... Which, yeah. And there's a lot of other ones, so you can read the thing, but um, this is on Becca. Speaking of Becca, it seemed fitting that she was, in some ways, the thing once again bringing Hank and Karen back together. Uh, it's very significant, David says. There was always a scene that I remember playing the year before where Becca's gone and Karen says to Hank, with her gone, I don't know what we are anymore. I don't know what we have. But Hank was o- Hank has always said, it's not about Becca. I think if Becca was not in the picture, Hank would still be in love with Karen. That's part of the romance of the show. I don't know if... I think he still would be in love with Karen, but it'd be a completely different dynamic. I think Karen would have given up on him probably years before. But, okay, looking at more tweets, a lot of people are upset that it wasn't an hour-long finale, which I agree with. I think it could have really used to be an hour. And this... um, What do you guys think about this? At Lord Reeb says um, that he thinks Hank Moody was a better character than Californication was a show. Okay. What do you guys think about that? Do you think that... We just love the show so much because of that one character. Or do you no, think that the show? No, because I loved Uncle. I yeah, loved Mercy's I... relationship. Levon was amazing. Like, what does season. that even mean? Yeah, I think. It... <laughs> no, I, I just like that the character was so phenomenal that he thinks that the character was even bigger than the show. But I, I was just. I curious. would. I mean, I would agree that Cal- Hank Moody was Californication. Is that the question? What do you mean? That's kind of like Michael C. Hall was Dexter, I guess. But we had the Trinity mm. Killer, which was amazing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> No, just a lot of a lot of different comments. People are really coming no, out. Like hate, it. hate though. Yeah, there's a lot of hate on there, but there's a lot of love um, for the series in general. You know, it was a really, really strong series. It's just this this ending. I thought that it was going to make a statement. Do you think they make... can make a movie, or would would you watch the movie? Obviously, oh, watch the movie. Do you think it would be uh, a good like, idea? Hell yeah! Would it be a good idea to end it with? We a could movie? do an entourage crossover. That's actually coming out, but yeah, they just, this, I know it they is. just wrapped it like yeah a month ago. This would I think make a, an awesome excellent. movie, and I think that fans would be so much happier. Do you think Duchovny would be on board for that, or it's well, considering like he, it he wants like, his character to die? It seemed like he was like over it almost in that interview. No, I don't. I don't think he's over. It. I think I think he he has a weird sense of sarcasm, and I, I mean I, it's completely opposite of Game of Thrones. Those characters want to live forever, and then, yeah, and they all die. <laughs> David Duchovny's talking about his character dying in season two. 
really talented actors though like love death scenes and being sick and yeah all and then things. you have america who's fallen in love with your character and just to see you die you know what i mean it's yeah. just like it would be cool to see not to actually die obviously but to see the reaction to you know your death your fake death it'd be kind of cool <laughs> i mean to be honest i mean we could if we were writing the next five to ten minutes of this steven get involved <laughs> um runkle did take a bullet for hank now mm-hmm. hank never returned the favor so there is a way for him to go You've to New York. You've been watching too much 22 Jump Street. <laughs> there is a way for Hank to meet up with Becca and say, hey, I support this. Um, uh, what's his, um, what, what, what's Becca's husband's name? I don't know. Is it oh, the French? Ross, Ross. Roscoe. Roscoe. Ross is his actual name, but we'll call him Roscoe for the purposes. Becca told Roscoe the news, and Roscoe, you know, got a gun just in anticipation of Hank and shoots Hank. I don't know. Or their plane crashes and they die together holding hands. Um, At this point, we're just talking about nothing. (laughs) I don't know where else to go with this. No, because we really covered the episode. There were honestly not that much happened in this episode. It was a lot of like talking about their feelings and talking. I'm basically coming down from this. I need you guys to help talk me down. Well, I, th- I don't think there is any talking down. I think that it's something that we'll watch again, and we kind of need to draw our own conclusions, which is clearly what Tom was trying to do. You know, this wasn't something where he was trying to have us walk away and be like, oh, I know exactly what happened. It was very open-ended, and that's why we have this, like, tumultuous feeling inside. So Marcy and Runkle were standing outside of Hank's old house in Venice. Was that how they episode it? And, uh, I'm trying to... and there was moving trucks. Yeah, and they were moving in there. But I mean, do do you, in that sense, do you think they're moving in there because of every like as great as a house as it is? I didn't think they were moving in there. Then what are they doing? I don't know. That's my question. I thought that they were just like I was a little confused being by being nostalgic about the fact that Hank maybe didn't live there anymore. Maybe that was trying to show that he went to New York, like was really going. To be there. fair, I would probably move out of that house only because bad energy or. Yeah, I mean, you remember they, they, yeah, remember that they talked about that, and he's had a sex with a hundred and two people in there, yeah. like. Just no, 102 people is the Malibu or is Runkle's house. Well, that's what I'm saying. So they got to move out of there because, oh, as they house. said, this is a, some terrible Indian burial ground. I like that they had that shout out though because remember the Runkle days where he tried to have sex with 100 women and he yeah. made it. There, there were some really good throwbacks in this. There really was, and there was some good fit, footage that we had seen from montage footage. But I, I just feel inside like, ah, what happens? What happens with Runkle's? Yeah, what's the next step in Runkle's career? We never really... There's a lot. I think a movie's a really good idea. I feel like a movie needs to be made. It just has to. And they have to do it quickly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Put it out next Sunday. The we'll one The one thing in common... Make it a lifetime movie. Uh, the one thing in common with all of these tweets is everyone is saying, like, goodbye Hank Moody. Goodbye Hank Moody. Just like, he was such an iconic character. It's the end of an era. It is, I know. It's the end of the pout. You will never see that pout again. I don't know. How and you it. saying you go to Hank for advice. So now what are you going to do? You need a therapist or something. He needs I an do. advice column. He needs without yeah. californication. We got to get him an advice column or a therapist. <laughs> I'll right. start yellow paging for you. All right, let's do this. Let's kind of wrap the show on this note. What was your favorite Hank Moody quote and or speech? You don't have to say it verbatim, but just kind of. Oh, you should have had us prep for this. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, well, you know, I just thought of it. I'm a spontaneous guy. You know this. I don't know what was yours. I have to say, it used to be the letter to Becca, but 
As I grew older, it's the letter to Karen. This one that we just... No, no, no. I was like, what? It's going to take a while for this one to sink in. No, the the New York one. New York, when he's sitting um, in the apartment. Yeah. And, like, you know, he says, uh, you know, I met someone. It was unexpected. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. That was an unbelievable moment. And it was so beautifully done. I, I might have to agree. There was a lot of really great moments in this. How about this season? What was your favorite moment this season? What was my favorite moment of the season? I'm trying to think of the quotes of... I liked all his... I liked Levon and Hank's relationship together this season. I really liked it when they were sitting on the couch and they had, like, a cigar. Did they share a cigar together? Or was there... Um, I thought you were going to say about Levon and his fingers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm going to work up to this season. Last season, it was definitely, like, everything I write, you know, where Atticus asks him, you know, how do you, how do you get up in the morning? Mm-hmm. Well... You know, it's the writing, it helps, it's, and it's the booze, of course, but it's the writing where everything I write about her is either for her or about her. Yeah, that's good. Um, this season... It doesn't feel much different, though, than when we ended last season with the red door. Like, that's exactly how I feel right now. Except he went through the red door this time. Kind of. I mean, they they did say they're going to end with the sunset. They rode off into <laughs> the always, sunset. Yeah. It's always riding into a sunset. Um, th- this season, I don't know what the greatest speech would be. No, your favorite moment, your favorite relationship, the characters. It would definitely be you Levon. Li- you like that they added all these new characters this season? Oh, absolutely. I thought, you know, for me, because I, I mean, it's partially because of Project X, but Levon just brought the great. Fun. He was and, awesome. and his mom, man, Julia, just, I loved her character as well. And I thought they did so well together and. You wanted you could them to really truly care that you you could truly see that Julia cared about Levon and Levon Levon cared about Julia and it was nice to see if Hank is going to have another kid out there I'm glad it was with Julia because Julia seemed like an amazing person an amazing yep. human being I think the my favorite like scene emotionally would have been Hank and Beck on the balcony because mm-hmm. that was powerful she was bringing him back down to earth and it's like she really just goes through like just because you're not around to see what happens with what you've brought me up with. Doesn't mean you can control me now. Like I don't remember verbatim. And then the fa- my favorite like outrageous thing this episode would probably be Rob Lowe when he shows up to the dinner party and then the hooker stealing the cash and pushing him off a mountain. There's a lot so, of hookers this season. I feel like. Oh yeah, I'm looking very up. hooker heavy season. I feel like every season. Who's was your a favorite hooker. hooker? I like the one Levon lost his no, virginity to. She was beautiful. I like the Asian one who pretended to be like. Yeah, but she was no good. The one, yeah. the one that was Marcy's she client stole was all the their money. Who? Marcy's client. That's Marcy's the one you're Yeah, that's she's the one, the one that, uh, so yeah, hot. Levon lost his virginity to, which is like, you're never going to find a hotter girl than that, Levon, so. <laughs> yeah. Be- better start digging deeper. <laughs> people are posting their favorite. He set his favorite, bar way too high. People are posting their favorite Hank Moody quotes. <laughs> this what one do we got? Because it's funny. You can't snort a line of coke off a woman's ass and not wonder about her hopes and dreams. It's not gentlemanly. It's a that's a good it's a good advice. point. It's a good point good you point, make. Hank, thanks. That's, that's that should be in the book of things you need to know before you move to LA. Wine is fine, but whiskey's quicker. That's a good quote. And rehab is for quitters. So on those notes, there should be a coffee table book. Oh, All and the right. reference to fucking and punching tonight. I was I was that was a good one. Glad that. they brought that back. Yeah, that was that was a good quote. I wish there was. Yeah, I wish that book existed. And I totally read it. Uh, by the way, if you can't get enough Hank Moody. Check out all of his books. They're written by Charles Bukowski. I'm telling you, it's the same. That's, is it? It's I have never read a Charles Bukowski book. It's I'm going literally. To, what's it, your favorite one? 
I like ha- Ham on Rye. Okay. That's a good I'm one. I'm going to read it. We'll and, talk uh, about it and then in college, I read Women. That was a good one for me. Okay. All right. Thanks. Okay. I could tell you my fa- one of my favorite Charles Bukowski quotes. Let's hear it. Yeah. Uh, well, th- it seems to fit, you know. The the you know what the problem is the women and the whores that came too late I'm too strong nice. and on that note and on that unless note, anybody has Hank, any other favorite quote no Hank just wasn't quite as strong as Charles was then he turned down sex twice though that's true good Took for him, him. One Hank day, made it, made, Hank one day. big deal what about I'm saying, it too. by the way I'm not saying Charles Bukowski turned down sex I'm just saying he was so numb to the pain of like just. And we're still talking about Californication. You're it's looking for Book Circle thing. Online, their next store. The next <laughs> What are you talking about? Anyway, thank you guys for being with us, however many seasons we've, we've been doing this. Thank you, Andreas, for joining yeah, the Yeah, thanks finals. for the invite. Uh, I never thank, get invites. Thank you, Roxy Stryer. Thank you, Phil Svitek. Thank you, Stephen Lemieux. Thank you, Phil Svitek. And it deserves to be said, thank you, dear listener, because without you, I... We are nothing. Nothing. And without you, there is no hope. Where can we and find without, you, Roxy? We have to have hope. You guys can find me everywhere at Roxy Stryer. Everywhere. 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 <laughs> On the corner of Roxy and Stryer in New York. <laughs> um, you can find me. Well, you didn't ask, but I'm just going to volunteer. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Greek Casanova. You can find me on Facebook. Actually, no, don't find me on Facebook. Find me on, uh, yeah, find me on Twitter at Greek Casanova or find me on Instagram at Greek Casanova. Stephen Lemieux, <laughs> where can we find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-P-H-N-L-E-M-I-U-X, or during the MasterChef or The Strain After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. Thank you. It has been a pleasure. Bye, Hank. That's right. That's how we'll sign off. Farewell, Hank Moody. One, two, three. Farewell, Farewell Hank, Hank Moody. Moody. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later, motherfucker! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.